Robert Skier, and I'm coming to you from Studio City, California. Some of you may know me from my work on the animated X-Men series from the 90s, as well as Batman the Animated Series, Disney's Gargoyles, and X-Men Evolution. The screenplay you're about to experience was written well before all of that. Uh, in 1990, I sat down to write an X-Men feature uh, because it was always my dream to write one, and I wanted to write it basically as a love letter to Chris Claremont and John Byrne and Terry Austin because they did what I consider to be the definitive run of the book as well as some of the best comics ever done. So for 35 years I've been very very proud of this script uh, which has gotten me the opportunity to work on the animated X-Men series as well as X-Men Evolution. Uh, it's really really helped my career even though I knew it would never see the dark of a theater. So tonight, after 35 years, finally, uh, it's going to have an audience, thanks to Davin and the fine folks over at X-Rated, the X-Men animation podcast. And I want to thank you all for watching, and I want to thank them for the show that we're about to experience. I'm looking really forward to it. I'm sure they're going to do an amazing job. So without further ado, here we have my screenplay for X-Men... Codename Wolverine. X-Men. A screenplay by Robert N. Skier. Based on the publications by Marvel Comics. Fade in. Interior. Claremont Boys School. Dining Hall. Day. The room is filled with young, rowdy boys. Scott Summers sits off by himself. The intensity in his face immediately tells us he's too serious for his fifteen years. He absently stabs at the food on his plate. Taking the seat beside him, teacher Mr. Reed notices his tense expression. Something wrong, Scott? Scott rubs his temples. Another headache! Yeah, I get headaches too. Call them students. You need to see the nurse? I'm good. Cut to... Exterior, baseball diamond, day. Scott plays center field. A batter hits a fly ball. Scott runs for it, holding up his mitt. An easy catch until he grabs his head in pain. The ball hits the ground. The batter runs the bases as Scott grits his teeth, eyes clamped tight. What's your problem? He's going to third! Throw it! Scott opens his eyes, which now roil with scary red energy. A force beam fires from Scott's eyes in a single destructive ray. It rips through the backstop like tissue paper. Kids scatter as the beam fires wildly. A mysterious onlooker in a wheelchair watches from afar. Charles Xavier, 37, observes with detached scientific interest. Scott closes his eyes, stopping the beam. He reopens them. Another optic blast fires out of control. Oh, God! God! Cut to interior, government installation, observation room. In a dimly lit room, Dr. Gordon Alexander prepares Senator Robert Kelly for a demonstration. 
Dr. Alexander gazes at the stark laboratory on the other side of the one-way glass, beaming like a proud parent. Okay, Gordon. Where's this so-called revolutionary new weapon? Four lab technicians enter the concrete room, leading six-year-old Debbie. She is dressed normally. The lab techs wear metallic volcano suits, hoods thrown back. You drag me down here for a talent show? A talent show, yes, exactly. Debbie turns toward Dr. Alexander and Senator Kelly. Where are my mommy and daddy? Interior, lab. Debbie is actually staring at herself in the one-way window. A lab technician turns her toward a tall concrete slab. Here, Debbie. Show me what you did yesterday. But Daddy says I shouldn't. It's all right. Just one more time. But Daddy says... Cut back inside the observation room. The senator looks at his watch impatiently. Dr. Alexander is absolutely giddy. Senator, are you familiar with the term mutant? Cut back inside the lab. Debbie stares at the concrete slab. The technicians all take a step back as a wind from nowhere wafts her hair. The mercury in the thermometer rises crazily. Debbie concentrates on the slab, eyebrows crinkling into little furrows. A small red circle glows at the center of the slab. The technicians shield their faces from the heat, slipping the volcano hoods over their heads, cut back to the observation room. Kelly's eyes glow greedily. What am I seeing here? Wait, she's just getting warmed up. Back inside the lab. Burning crumbs of concrete fall away as the now white-hot circle grows. Get me, my mommy, and daddy. Now! On now, the slab explodes. Debbie glares at the technicians. Where are they? Three technicians burst into flame. The sole survivor runs for the door. As he grabs the knob, it glows, igniting his glove. Then he ignites. Cut back inside the observation room. Ellie and Dr. Alexander bolt for the door. Get her parents! I can't. We had them sanctioned. You what? In the lab, Debbie turns toward her reflection. It distorts, the glass warping and melting to reveal Dr. Alexander and Senator Kelly. Debbie regards them with unnerving calm. Hello, Dr. Alexander. Hi, uh, De Debbie. Your, your parents are on their way. Dr. Alexander melts, skin and muscles flowing like hot wax as his skeleton sags to the floor. Debbie turns to Senator Kelly. They're dead, aren't they? All because of me. A tear rolls or hisses down her cheek. She sniffles and explodes in a huge ball of fire. Kelly falls to his knees, the only living witness to this horror. Cut to exterior, carnival, night. The carnival is all bright, flashing lights, barkers, hawking crooked arcade games, and rickety, rattling rides. Jean Grey, 17, a beautiful young redhead, tosses a ball at a pyramid of bottles. Her mom winces as the ball misses. Mr. Grey leans in. You'll have to do better than that if you want to win that rabbit. She gives him a look and throws another ball. The bottles tumble, leaving only one remaining. The barker shakes his head. Tough luck for the little lady. Jean glares at the bottle, which inexplicably flies off the table, 
She's as surprised as the Barker. What the? Looks like you win, honey. As the Barker hands her a rabbit, a guy bumps into her, then takes off with her purse. Hey! Without thinking, she thrusts her arms forward. As if by magic, the thief is shoved face first into the ground. The purse yanks free from him and soars back to Jean. The fu? Jean's parents look at her with frightened eyes, begging the same question. Jean stares at the purse, equally shocked. The carnival is now deathly quiet, with all eyes on Jean. Her voice is barely a whisper. Stop staring at me. Behind her, the merry-go-round suddenly spins out of control, accelerating crazily as the calliope music speeds up. At the games booths, stuffed animals, bottles, balls, and plates go flying. People scramble to get clear. Back at the wildly spinning merry-go-round, the calliope music races insanely as riders careen off. Onlookers gape at Jean, who is clearly the center of this chaos. It's her! She's doing it! What the hell is she? Jean looks at her folks with pleading eyes. They just stare back at her, scared and helpless. Mom? Dad? John, what's happening to her? Professor Xavier wheels into view. She's manifesting powers from mutant genes in her DNA. I'm not a monster. Please tell them I'm not a monster. I can help you, if you let me. Mr. and Mrs. Gray hold each other, looking at Xavier and Jean uncertainly. Cut to exterior. Washington, D.C. Day. A mob converges on Capitol Hill. <coughs> Protesters brandish picket signs reading, America, do you know what your children are? And humans, yes, mutants, no. They chant, One, one two, two, three, three four. four. We, we won't take these streets, streets no, no more. more. One, 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 two, two three, three, four. four. We, we won't take these streets, streets no more. more. <laughs> Senator Robert Kelly strides up the steps, flanked by aides. He waves at the crowd as they cheer him. A reporter and her crew shove through the crowd. Senator Kelly, what is Congress doing to address the mutant issue? Mutant crisis. We need to deal with this while we still can. Couldn't some of these genetically divergent people... Monsters. Couldn't they be helpful to society? They're they're, they are an existential threat. It's only a matter of time before they turn against us. Cut to exterior McKenna Air Force Base. Night. Blaring sirens send soldiers and pilots running to their stations. Several jets take off as an F-18 rises backwards and explodes. A dark figure descends from the night clouds, dressed in a red cape and ornate costume. A red helmet conceals his features. Meet Magneto, mutant master of magnetism. <coughs> Two F-18s streak past him with twin sonic booms. Magneto gestures, making the jets spiral into each other in a huge explosion of fire and death. A halo of energy surrounds and protects him as heavy artillery blasts him from every direction to no effect. Magneto hovers over a missile silo. He gestures and 
The silo opens. A cruise missile rises into the air under Magneto's power. He leads it into the clouds. Two F-18s follow. Interior. Cockpits. Intercut between pilots. They look at the billowing red apparition in front of them as they rocket past. Rooster, what the hell are we looking at? Stand behind him, Sidewinder. Circle back and take it down. Exterior. Sky. The jets circle back, but a mere gesture from Magneto sends them spiraling into the base, obliterating the, land obliterating the landing strip. Interior. Control center. Various personnel hurry to their stations as Base Commander General Kessler enters the command center. A colonel salutes. General, something just took out two F-18s and left with a Minutemen 3. Scramble the fighters! I'm sorry, sir. They just took out the tarmacs. What the hell are we dealing with? Cut to. Interior. Come back in. Night. A redneck bar in the Pacific Northwest filled with hefty, drunken loggers. A waitress serves drinks. Wolverine enters. He's extremely short, dark, and feral. Most of his features are lost in the shadow of his Stetson, but the animal intensity of his eyes shines like an angry beacon. The anachronistic mutton chops on his cheeks make him look yet more fierce. Trust me, you wouldn't want to piss him off. He's looking for a beer and a fight, but not in that order. For now, he's content to set at the bar, hunkered over the mug a bartender sets before him. A guy playing pool motions at Wolverine to his buddy. It's obvious Wolverine's new in town. It's equally obvious they don't like him. They go to the bar, flanking him. One grabs Wolverine's hat and puts it on. The other takes his beer. Wolverine doesn't react. This isn't the fight he came for. He motions for the bartender to bring him another. The guy, drinking his beer, claps him on the back. Hard. Wolverine turns to say something when the front door explodes. A fleet of cycles bursts in. Bikers are everywhere, decked out in armor and punked out hairstyles. They look like Wes and the gang from Road Warriors, only worse. It's loggers versus bikers. The bikers are meaner and more brutal and make short work of the loggers, who are either on the floor or out the door in no time. Wolverine remains at the bar, hunkered over his beer. The bartender pulls out a shotgun. In a flash, Chainsaw, the biker's leader, jumps behind the bar and grabs the carbine and knocks him out with the butt. A biker twists the waitress's arm behind her back. Chainsaw nastily approaches them. He's about to grab her butt. Wolverine has Chainsaw's wrist. One good twist sends him to the floor. Hard. Leave. The waitress flees as bikers surround Wolverine. This is the fight he came for. One biker pulls out a chain. Another swings a pair of nunchucks. Yet another brandishes a sigh. Two more whip out bowie knives. Wolverine raises his fist. Snicked. Three blades spring from each of his hands from their housing inside his forearms. These metal claws are actually part of him, hence Wolverine. The bikers are stunned, but want this fight as much as he does. Pity them. Exterior, come back in. As we hear the sounds of battle, a Rolls Royce pulls up. Professor Charles Xavier, 45, is at the wheel. Several years have passed since he found Scott and Jean. He's visibly older, still projecting stoic authority. 
a jeep with Alberta license plates, sits quietly by the bar. Now in his wheelchair, Xavier approaches the jeep, ignoring the battle noise and the bikers crashing through the bar's picture window. Xavier reaches into the glove compartment and pulls out a stack of maps. Interior, come back in. Most of the bikers are down. The remaining ones are angry. Within seconds, they're done. Wolverine wipes blood from his claws, retracts them, and returns to his beer at the bar. Impressive. Xavier sits at the only remaining table. If Wolverine hurt him, he doesn't let it show. He sips his beer. Waste of talent, though. Xavier opens the map he took from the jeep. Some of the towns are circled, with arrows pointing to this one. You've been tracking them for weeks. You knew they'd be here. Isn't this a Xavier line? I already said my line. Who sent you, Cesis? Your government hasn't traced you this far yet. They're still poking around Calgary. CIA? You smell like a spook. I work independently, training people with unique gifts. Mutants? That's right. You one? We both are. I can train you to master your powers. Wolverine returns to his beer. I'm creating a special task force. We can use you. Wolverine downs his drink. You're looking for a challenge? A fight worth fighting? Ignoring Xavier, Wolverine contemplates his empty glass. Chainsaw emerges from the shadows behind Xavier. He's covered in blood, thoroughly crazed and armed with the bartender's shotgun. He levels it at Wolverine has nowhere to turn. Xavier's eyes glaze over and Chainsaw's eyes roll back in his head, all expression draining as the carbine falls from his hands. He sags to the floor, mind stunned. Wolverine looks at Chainsaw, then at Xavier, and grabs his hat. Cut to exterior, the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning, day. It's a huge estate, far from prying eyes. Interior, mansion. Xavier leads Wolverine inside. Whereas the rugged Wolverine isn't accustomed to living in such splendor, he's equally unimpressed. Scott Summers, 22, hurries down the steps to greet Xavier. He's the boy whose powers went crazy in the baseball field, now grown. He's tall, lean, and muscular, and as he was too serious for his age at 15, now he's downright grim. Enigmatically, he wears dark red sunglasses inside the house. Professor, we weren't expecting you back so soon. Scott, meet Wolverine. Wolverine, Scott Summers, my field commander. Field commander. Naturally, I can't go out on missions myself. Scott's long since earned my trust. I see. He doesn't. He eyes Scott with open distaste. What's with the X-ray specs? I'm blessed with energy that channels through my optic nerves. This visor helps me control it. You can't control it yourself, but you're in charge. As I say, Scott has long since earned my trust. 
awkward silence. So, Wolverine, what's your real name? Wolverine's fine. Wolverine it is. Excuse me, Professor. I've got a practice session with Gene and Storm. Wolverine watches him leave. Taking him down is going to be fun. Never mind his age. He's an excellent leader. When do I learn to do what you do? You can't. Each of our powers are unique. Cut to exterior mansion, same time. Storm, 26, rises into the sky riding a fierce wind. She's an African woman with startling blue eyes and white, white hair. Storm's a weather witch. Her powers enable her to manifest rainfall, snow, or an on-the-spot tornado. The wind is her creation. She rides it into the sky. Ready? Are you? Jean Grey, now 21, stands on the ground, using her telekinetic powers to launch tennis balls. She fires them at Storm singly in rapid fire, shooting them into the air. Storm easily evades them, zapping them into ash with flashes of lightning. Scott marches towards them, caught up in a tempest of his own. Storm sees him. Jean, Scott's coming. Never look away when a telekinetic redhead is firing tennis balls at you. A stream of balls nails her in the head, jarring her. She plummets earthward. Scott and Jean run in her direction. An instant before impact, she gathers her wits. A new wind sweeps her back into the sky. You trying to give me a heart attack, Aurora? Storm. When we're in uniform, we use our code names, remember? No more unsupervised exercises. I won't have any more blood on my hands. Take it easy, Scott. Cyclops. When you lead this team, you try taking it easy. He marches away. What's with him? Storm shrugs. If I'm going to lead this team, shouldn't I have a say who's on it? You met the new guy? Pull! Gene sends a plate, Scott rocketing into the sky. Scott fires an eye beam, obliterating the plate. Pull! Another plate, another beam. More shards. Is he cute? What's his name? Pull! Another plate. This time Scott misses. Wolverine. His real name. That is his real name. I've got a bad feeling about him. How long did you talk to him? A couple of minutes. A couple of minutes? He's bad news, Gene. Pull! Another plate. Another explosion. Cut to interior kitchen. Same time. Wolverine rifles through the refrigerator as Professor Xavier pours himself a cup of coffee. Where's the beer? At ten in the morning. A towering figure enters the kitchen. Peter Rasputin, 18, is the youngest and largest of the X-Men. For all his size and strength, he's the gentlest soul you're likely to meet. Wolverine, meet our pillar of strength, Peter Rasputin. Strasbitsy. Wolverine sizes up Peter. It's not flattering. Wolverine offers his hand. They shake. You're a tough guy, eh? The shake doesn't end. Peter wants his hand back, but Wolverine's holding it, squeezing it tight. Peter turns to the professor. Xavier nods. Peter shimmers, growing larger and luminescent. 
Within an instant, he's become a huge steel colossus. Arnold Schwarzenegger coated with organic steel. Wolverine is shocked. Now he wants his hand back. Colossus won't give it. Duh. I am tough guy. He releases Wolverine, who falls back to the floor. Wolverine rises quickly, about to pop his claws, when... In a small explosion of sulfur, a furry blue demonic creature with pointed ears and the devil's arrowhead tail appears between Wolverine and Peter. Nightcrawler may look evil, but he's actually quite vulnerable. Meet Kurt Wagner, 19. He stands before a very freaked out Wolverine, while Xavier merely fans away the smelly smoke. Kurt, what have we told you about teleporting in the house? Uh, sorry, uh, Doctor, uh, Professor, Guten Tag. What the hell kind of place is this? Cut to... Interior. Danger room. Dead. The team is assembled for the first time with Cyclops, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Storm wearing their individual costumes. A command booth overlooks the battle simulator. Professor Xavier mans the con behind unbreakable glass. Wolverine storms into the room, angrily clenching his outfit. You think I'm wearing this? You're out of your minds. We wear these in the field, Wolverine. They protect us from our anonymity and remind us that we're on a team. Forget it, Specs. The name is Cyclops, and... Is something the matter, Wolverine? I've got it, Professor. The uniforms were my idea. I'll handle it, okay? Just try it on. You try it on. You don't like your outfit? Jean enters wearing a uniform that stops all conversation. Everyone's impressed, particularly Wolverine. I spent all night on it for you. Really? Guess I'll try it on. Cut to exterior, submarine, day. The Trotsky glides silently through the Atlantic, minding its own business, and ours. Exterior, ocean surface, same time. Magneto descends from the clouds. He submerges, surrounded by a magnetic bubble. Interior, Trotsky. All of the monitors, guidance systems, and communications spark and short out. The commander shouts orders, all in Russian, no subtitles. All we need to know is he needs order and that it's in short supply. Exterior, Trotsky. Magneto motions and the missile, sub's missile launcher rips wide open. The warhead pulls itself free as water gushes into the sub. Magneto closes his fist, and the Trotsky implodes. Exterior, ocean surface. Magneto and his new missile ascend into the sky and disappear into the clouds. The image becomes fuzzy, utterly dreamlike as we dissolve to. Interior, danger room, control center. Xavier stares ahead, entranced. Professor! Xavier rouses from his feud. Scott and the team are all around him, clearly concerned. You all right? Yes, I was preoccupied. You've been preoccupied for 15 minutes. Let's resume. I ain't resuming shit till you tell us what's going on. Nothing's going on, Wolverine. We have a right to know. When the professor thinks you should know, he'll... Wolverine's right. The mutant threat is growing stronger. And we have to be ready for it. 
Ready. For... for what? I can't tell you any more than I know. When I have a clearer picture, you'll all be apprised. What do we do in the meantime? Box at shadows. Have you a better suggestion, Wolverine? Up to interior danger room minutes later. The room is set up with traps, devices, and robotic attack drones. The X-Men are at one end, a control panel on the other. Traps and attack drones block their path. Your task is simple. The panel at the far end of the room neutralizes the obstacles. The drones shift to life, preparing to attack. Your mission is to reach it without letting them neutralize you. A rocket fires at them, exploding the wall behind them as they scatter just in time. Regroup! Don't let them divide us! Another rocket. This time they're ready. Scott fires a beam, destroying it. A drone bears down on them, but Storm deactivates it with a bolt of lightning. Nightcrawler, teleport ahead and throw the switch. Storm, cover him from above. Are you crazy? It's probably... Too late. Nightcrawler disappears in a puff of smoke, reappearing at the far end of the room. As he reaches down for the switch, an electric current zaps him. He's down. Xavier addresses the team telepathically. Did you think I'd make it that easy? Hey, get out of my head! Colossus, destroy the last two drones. Stay with him, Gene. I thought you were in charge. The professor monitors us telepathically. That way he can stay out of danger and still lead the team. Maybe that's his way of doing it. Wolverine dashes across the room, passing the drones, Colossus, and Gene. Don't break rank, Wolverine. Metallic tentacles sprout from the ground, encircling Wolverine. He extends his claws and slices right through them. Listen to your field commander, Wolverine. I told you, stay out of my head. Wolverine slices through two more drones and dives for the control panel. Five taser cannons pop up from the floor. He shreds the entire panel and they freeze. An instant later and he would have been toast. The remaining obstacles, drones, and other devices likewise power down. Game over. Looks like I win. It wasn't a competition. We were supposed to do it together. Storm helps Nightcrawler off the floor. Are you all right, Kurt? Yeah. Nine. You're not, you're not alone here, Wolverine. When we fight, it's as a team. A team? Or a bunch of puppets. When the professor tells you to do something, you do it. It's called following orders. Where I come from, it's called mind control. And I won't stand for it. Who's in charge out there anyway? You or Daddy Warbucks? Professor Xavier wheels into the danger room. Into the real battle. My style of leadership may be unorthodox, but it's proven to be highly effective. Divided command is effective. Since when? You must give our methods a chance. That means following orders from Scott and me. And it means not breaking rank. Fine. But I wasn't the one who almost fried the elf. Nightcrawler reacts, deeply wounded by Wolverine's cutting remark. <coughs> Gone. You make friends fast. Cut to interior. Xavier's office. Night. This is one of those meetings about creative differences. 
He isn't working out. Aren't you being a little hasty? He has no respect for authority. He doesn't want to be here. He's testing us, just like we're testing him. He's AWOL from Canadian Special Forces. What makes you think he'll do any better with us? He's trained in military strategy. That makes him an asset. Can we trust him? If we don't take him in, Magneto might. Did you consider that? So we're stuck with him. Make the best of it. Cut to interior hallway night. Scott marches toward his room, still agitated over Wolverine. He passes by an open doorway. Scott? Interior, Jean's room. Scott enters and finds Jean lying on her bed, deep in concentration. Across the room, a brush hovers in the air, meticulously painting a canvas. What's the matter? What do you think? We had a bad session in the danger room. Big deal. It is a big deal. This new guy. May know a few things we don't. He insulted Kurt. And then he apologized. Give him a chance, for God's sakes. She levitates the palette closer, mixing colors in the air, then resumes painting. Lighten up. You make it sound so easy. It is. It's not. Scott goes to the door. Want to stay and talk for a while? I've got to get some sleep. It's been a long day. She watches him leave. The hovering brush stabs the canvas, crushing the bristles. Cut to TV image. Senator Kelly. Mutant-hating Senator Kelly speaks into a set of microphones from all the major news agencies. Clearly, he's got a story to tell. You're muted, Jamil. I'm not muted. I'm not muted. You're lying. It's your line. I'm not muted. Cool. Read your line. Yeah. Okay. This bill, which requires the registration of all persons possessing deviant mutant genes, will end the string of aberrations uh, uh, contaminating our gene pool and threatening our way of life. Interior. Xavier's room. Night. Xavier rubs his eyes painfully. His worst fears are tomorrow's headlines. The televised nightmare continues. All mutants will be required to register with the federal agency created specifically to deal with them. What about the ones who refuse to comply? They will be handled accordingly. Still dreaming of coexistence, Charles? Magneto stands in the room's now opened French doorway. Look. Costume and flowing cape. Stepping into the light, Magneto is seen clearly for the first time. He is tall, with the regal bearing of a high-born ruler. It would be so easy for you to put a stop to all of this. I want to change their minds, Magnus, but not that way. We can make the changeover from Homo sapiens to Homo superior without harming a soul. Your solution is no more valid than theirs. A bloodless revolution. Humans and mutants must learn to share this world as equals. If you believe that, then why are you cowering in the shadows? 
We're not cowering, Magnus. We're developing our powers to show them we're an asset. Cyclops, X-Men, emergency. Kelly must be stopped, and his kind must be silenced. His kind is humanity. And we are superior. Xavier lashes out at Magneto with his psionic powers. Magneto staggers for a moment, then straightens, smiling, tapping his helmet. Did you honestly think I would come here without shielding myself? The X-Men burst through the door in full battle gear. Apprehend Magneto! The balcony is empty. Magneto's gone. Cut to exterior, woods, day. Cyclops slips through the trees, scanning the terrain. Suddenly Nightcrawler teleports, appearing in front of him. Cyclops raises a pistol, but before he can squeeze off a shot, Nightcrawler blasts him repeatedly. Green paint oozes down Cyclops' chest. You're dead here, Cyclops. Whose idea was this, anyway? Yours? Blah, 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 blah. Nightcrawler's back is covered with paint. Wolverine appears from cover. Sorry, Crawler. You and Psyche join the other corpses. Nightcrawler disappears. As Wolverine goes off after new prey, Cyclops comes up a hill and joins Professor Xavier, who is overseeing the exercise. Why did Magneto think you'd help him? We were colleagues once, a long time ago. Can we stop him? I'm not even sure we can find him. TV image. Wolverine and Storm fire paint pellets at each other, observed from above through a high-resolution monitor. Children. Widen to reveal. Interior, 18th century drawing room. Magneto sits in a lavishly decorated hall, filled with antique furniture. For the first time, we see him without his helmet. He's all silver hair and firm resolve. He observes the X-Men over a glass of wine. Playing games while the world spirals out of control. Magneto sits across the table from his daughter, Wanda, 17. She watches as bored as he is fascinated. Why are you so obsessed with them? I need to study their powers in case they oppose us. Why would they do that? This is a war between humans and mutants. Xavier's siding with the stronger. Against his own kind? Just because he's a mutant doesn't mean he isn't a fool. Wanda thinks about it. Why did you take their missiles? If the superpowers won't affect disarmament, I'm willing to do it for them. On the news, they said people died. And then they blame the Russians. Can you believe anything they say? Of course not, but... The world's politicians lack vision. It's up to us to ensure the human race survives and evolves. On another monitor, Senator Kelly addresses the Senate. And we cannot allow anyone to stand in our way. Exterior, woods, day. The X-Men continue their session. Wolverine slips past Storm and Colossus, sneaking up to capture their flag. As Wolverine lunges for it, he is yanked into the air by the ankle. Jean appears from cover, her telekinesis holding him aloft. Son of a... The other X-Men share a good laugh at his expense. Uh -huh. You just learned the first rule of beat an X-Man. Expect the unexpected. <laughs>
Dissolve to. Interior. Mansion. Night. The dead of night. Wolverine slips through the shadows. Interior. Danger room control center. Night. Wolverine switches on the computer. He scrolls through several command fields and enters the one marked Danger Room Battle Simulator. The computer bleeps angrily at him. Password required. Access denied. Wolverine punches buttons. Each time the computer bleeps angrily. Wolverine thinks for a moment, then types Cyclops. The computer chirps. Password accepted. Please continue, Professor. Smiling wickedly, Wolverine types a long string of commands. Cut to Interior, Danger Room, Day. The X-Men battle humanoid attack drones and rocket launchers. Colossus dukes it out with one drone while Nightcrawler acrobatically eludes another. He bounces onto its back, flips open a panel, and shuts it down. Wolverine has the undivided attention of a rocket launcher which he tricks into destroying Peter's drone. Then he dices up the launcher with his claws. Nice teamwork, Wolverine! Wolverine smiles to himself. Or is it a snarl? A rocket launcher tracks Storm and Jean. Storm creates a fog to confuse the launcher as Jean's powers short-circuit it. As Storm soars into the air, the attack drone fighting Cyclops suddenly pulls off Cyclops' visor and crushes it in its huge metallic claw. Cyclops' beams fire out of control around the room, destroying sections of wall and nearly nailing Nightcrawler, who teleports in the nick of time. My God! Are you trying to kill me? Cyclops covers his eyes, helpless. Interior, danger room, command center. Professor Xavier punches commands on his console, as surprised as everybody else. What the hell is going on? He hits the emergency shutdown button to no effect. He slams it repeatedly, but the battle continues. X-Men, the simulator is out of control. Back to danger room. A tangle of tentacles suddenly springs up from behind a wall panel. They snare Storm and pull her into a casket, which slams shut. Wolverine grins nastily as the others panic. Nightcrawler? Storm's trapped! Get her out quick! Colossus runs to her aid, but five drones gang up on him. Interior. Casket. Prison. Imprisoned, Storm fights the panicking impulses in her brain. Her eyes clamp shut like a vice. Flashback. In a quick series of almost subliminal images, we see Storm's deepest fears and memories. Little Ororo, Storm at six, walks with her parents through a city in North Africa. Her father hoists her onto his shoulder. They eat in a large restaurant when an earthquake hits. High ceilings collapse all around them. Debris pins little Ororo besides the bodies of her parents. Her mother's face is covered by hair and clotted blood. Her father stares into oblivion with lifeless eyes. Little Ororo struggles but can't move. She tries harder, harder still. She closes her eyes, opens her mouth, and abrupt cut to interior danger room. A blood-curdling scream escapes from Storm's prison. Then a tempest blasts the X-Men. Jean is slammed against a wall, knocked unconscious. Lightning zaps the drones, pinning Colossus against a wall. He's trapped. 
Wind ripping at his fur, Nightcrawler clings to a tentacle for dear life. God in Himmel! What the hell's happening? Cyclops calls out blindly, eyes still clamped shut. Get Storm out! Now! Wolverine lunges at the casket and claws it open. He pulls Storm free. As he does, the tempest subsides. She steadies along with the weather in the room. Colossus reverts to human form and slips free from the deactivated drones. Nightcrawler helps Storm get over her hysteria. Wolverine hands Cyclops a new visor. Here, kid. You might want to carry a spare. Professor Xavier wheels into the room. It's all he can do to keep from exploding. Who tampered with the simulator? All eyes fall on Wolverine. Casually lights a cigarette. You just jeopardized everyone's lives. What happened to expect the unexpected? We carefully set the parameters, so... You set the parameters out there in the real world? No. Wolverine exhales a purple cloud. Any one of us could have been killed. Don't look at me. I'm not the one who recruited a weather witch with crippling claustrophobia. She's the threat here. And you're a lunatic. I come knocking at your door. You drafted me. Xavier screams telepathically. Enough! Cut to exterior, graveyard, day. The Gothic designs and names on the gravestones tell us we're somewhere in Eastern Europe. Magneto and Wanda stand over a grave reading Magda Maximoff, beloved wife and mother. This is how they treat those they fail to understand. They were afraid. Magneto kneels and places his hand on the headstone. For the sake of our daughter and all the others like her, I will do everything to make this world safe. Cut to Interior Mansion Night. Sitting before a laptop, Xavier scrolls through the personal files in the Canadian Security Intelligence Service records. Weapon X? He's with Canadian Intelligence and they don't even know his name? His files has sublevels I can't reach, but I did manage to pull up his psychological profile. Scott reads over Xavier's Sociopathic tendencies, insubordination, assaulting superior officers, psychotic episodes. I'm shocked. Hmm. Now we know why they haven't come looking for him. They probably threw a party. And now he's our problem. We need all the help we can get against Magneto. At least we know where Magneto stands. This guy's the living definition of a loose cannon. Don't forget, Scott. In an emergency, he can be neutralized. Cut to interior, storm's room, night. More atrium than bedroom, storm's attic hideaway is filled with exotic plants and flowers. She wisps around Sans' clothing. Her long white hair blows around, discreetly covering her body. Storm whips up an indoor rain shower, watering the greenery, gliding in an ethereal ballet. She lightly lands, turns, and bumps soundly into Wolverine. You lost it today. You panicked. 
She takes a step back and rises to her full height, projecting poise, dignity, strength. You turned my only weakness against me. If I accessed your file, anyone else can too. Way I see it, that makes you a liability. I am learning to control it. In a firefight, we can't have an unpredictable element like you. What about you, Wolverine? How easy are you to predict? Easy enough. He steps toward her, invading her personal space, his face now intimately, menacingly close. You could kill me in an instant. Life is too precious to waste, even yours. You got nature's fury bottled up inside you like a lion in a cage, begging to be freed. It must be contained. Don't bury it too deep, babe. You're gonna need it when things get ugly. Cut to exterior New York, twilight. The fallen New York of an unthinkable future, crumbling buildings under an iron gray sky. Most of the skyscrapers, such as the Chrysler Building, Empire State, and the Freedom Tower are badly scarred or fallen. Horses pull buses filled with families covered in grime. A rat forages for food until a trap snaps shut. A ragged old man wrestles with a band of children for him. Everything stops at the sound of thundering footsteps. A twenty-foot sentinel towers over them. Cut to exterior, mutant detention camp, twilight. It's a compound with low gray buildings surrounded by a barbed wire. A sign reads, Columbus Circle Mutant Detention Center. Three grimy punks swagger past. One spits at the sign. Fucking muties. This shit's on them. Cut to exterior, graveyard. A sea of graves, the sentinel's garden of death, serves as a reminder to mutants of the fate that soon awaits them. The headstones include names both familiar and new. Professor Charles Xavier, Scott Summers, Cyclops, Kurt Wagner, Nightcrawler, Warren Worthington, Angel, Henry McCoy, Beast. Two figures in weathered coveralls stand near the graves. Storm and Peter. Magneto sits nearby in a wheelchair, a strange echo of Professor X. Their coveralls have large black M's printed on them. They're older, much older. The passing of time as well as the conditions they've suffered. All three wear metallic collars inhibiting their mutant powers. Where the hell is he? The Ontario Resistance promised he would arrive here. He will. The Sentinels are striking against London in four hours. We haven't got time for... You're worrying about the wrong guy. Wolverine emerges from the shadows, dressed in rugged gear, sans collar. Even he looks older, face lined and temples gray. Tovarish, we feared the worst. Without warning, Wolverine extends his claws and goes for Storm's throat, slicing off her collar. It falls to the dirt, crackling and sputtering. He then frees Peter and Magneto. Let's roll. 
We got a nuclear war to stop. Magneto makes his chair rise into the air, using muscles he hasn't used in ages. Aurora, Rasputin, we haven't much time. Kaboom! Magneto explodes in a messy ball of gore. <laughs> a triad of sentinels stands over the mutants. Peter transforms into Colossus as Storms pulls bolts of lightning to destroy the leader. Wolverine lunges at another, but before he can get in a shot, he's fried. Nothing is left but his metallic skeleton and claws. The two remaining sentinels aim right at Storm and Colossus and us and fire. Abrupt cut to interior Xavier's bedroom, night. Xavier bolts awake in a cold sweat. He buries his head in his hands, a witness to the death of his dreams. Cut to interior computer center, night. Minutes later, an alarm chirps loudly as Professor X wheels into the room. He puts on a headset directly interfacing with his computer, Cerebro. He punches keys, calling up a map of the United States. A red light blips in New Mexico. Xavier smiles. Cyclops, report to the computer center immediately. Cut to exterior, Blackbird, day. The Blackbird, a modified Lockheed SR-71, rockets across the morning sky at Mach 4. Interior, Blackbird. Scott and Jean sit at the helm with a bleary-eyed nightcrawler along for the ride. What, am I, what time is it? What am I doing awake? Professor X wants us to recruit another mutant. Cerebro found one? Apparently so. Herr Dr. Professor has become so edgy. What is wrong with him? I don't know. But he's been awfully intense. Since Wolverine showed up. It's got nothing to do with him. He wouldn't stand for a wild card like that unless it was urgent. You think something's bad? Bad's about to happen? The professor does. Another mutant. I wonder what his powers are. Maybe it's a Fraulein who likes blue fur. Up to exterior. Fred J. Duke's reptile farm. Day. Gene and Scott drive down a dusty New Mexico highway in a jeep. They pass a sign for the reptile farm. I feel bad about leaving Kurt in the Blackbird. You'd feel a lot worse if he scared off a potential recruit. They pull up to the farm, a series of run-down shacks coated with a healthy layer of desert dust. Interior, reptile farm. They enter a room cluttered with cages and pens. We hear slithering, and we know the place stinks to high hell. Jean clings to Scott, not scared, just grossed out. They pass a sign reading, See Oprah, the two-headed snake. Two bucks. Fred J. Dukes stands behind the counter. He's the biggest, fattest man-whale, a human blob, and he's happy about it. Mr. Dukes, I'm Scott Summers, and this is my friend Jean Grey. We're here. You want to see a two-headed rattler, am I right? Not exactly. Oh, you don't look like snake people. You're here for Geraldo. Geraldo? World's biggest seven-foot alligator. And you thought Kurt was going to scare him off. Okay, you're not here for snakes or gators. You must be wanting a shot at old Fred. 
Who's Fred? I am. He takes out a beat-up Colt forty-five and places it on the counter. Ten bucks a shot, plus ammo. Gene and Scott are openly confused. Actually, we're here to talk to you about... The door flies open. Chet and his frat brothers enter, laughing it up. Here's the guy I was telling you about. Hiya, Freddy. Beer money. Stick around. You're gonna love this. Exterior. Reptile farm. Day. Minutes later, Chet examines Fred's peacemaker as his friends peer at. Fred, with his shirt off, he's a one-man obesity epidemic. Rolls of fat under rolls of flab. He takes a swig from a can of Bud. Uh, hang on a second while I... As Chet levels his gun at Fred, his buddies all take out Glocks, Rugers, S, Smith & Wessons, and just start shooting. No, wait! A hail of gunfire. Smoke and streaming bullets. Jean and Scott watch, horrified. She thrusts her hands out to use her powers, but he stops her. Just to know something. The gunfire peters out. When the smoke clears, trickling beer forms a puddle in the dry desert dust. Fred sighs sadly as his bullet rin Budweiser bleeds out. My last one. He's covering he's covered with metal with bullets protruding like metallic zits. With a resounding fart, he bounces the bullets out. One fifty, gentlemen. Cough it up. Chet happily hands him a wad of bills. He and his buddies leave, re-watching it on one of their cell phones. Duke counts the cash. That was impressive. I know, right? Nothing hurts old Fred. He hands Gene a bowie knife, offering her his arm. Want to try carving a slice? That's okay. How would you like to join a special team? You can be with people like yourself. The hell for? Fred plucks a bullet from his cheek and flicks it away. I got a good thing going here. I sleep as late as I want. I'm up to my waist in beer money. And nobody tells me what to do. Plus which, next week I'm going to be on America's Most Incredible Home Videos. You got something better to offer? Not if that's all you want out of life. Trust me, sugar lips. There's nothing you can offer me that I want any part of. Cut to the same minutes later. Dukes watches as Gene and Scott drive away. They're gone, baby cakes. Wanda steps out from the shack. You were right about them poking around. You made the right choice. We have a lot more to offer. Cut to exterior train tracks. Day. A train streaks along. From the heavy military presence, soldiers standing guard and copters flying fore and aft, we can tell it's transporting defense cargo. The tracks of the train groan and bend before our eyes, twisting into a double helix. The train breaks just in time. It lurches into reverse, but the tracks behind it also twist. The soldiers dismount, bearing their weapons. In the sky, one of the copter's blades bends into a horseshoe, sending it plummeting. Soldiers beneath it flee. Taking cover, they prepare to open fire. But what on? 
confusion all round as the other copter's rear rotor springs free and inexplicably hangs in the air as the copter pinwheels to the ground and explodes. The car uncouples and rises into the air. The helpless soldiers watch as it shatters, showering them with splinters and shrapnel. Where the car once hovered in the air, now there is only its cargo, cruise missile. Magneto rises from cover to join it in the air. Soldiers open fire, but the train cars topple sideways onto them. The remaining troops fire ineffectually as he and the warhead disappear into the clouds. Interior. Blackbird. Day. Scott, Jean, and Kurt fly homeward. Sugar lips? And that's the last I want to hear about that. I guess we can do worse than Wolverine. The radio buzzes. X-Men, there's a disturbance in North Dakota. The media claims it's a derailment. That's only a cover story. What makes you think so? Wolverine was scanning the DoD's secure channels. Something's up. Exterior, Blackbird. The Blackbird veers from its course and cut to exterior train wreck night. Military personnel of all ranks assess the damage. NSA and FBI agents debrief soldiers while medics help the wounded. Senator Kelly grabs his aide, Adams. What did I tell you? Flying man. Magnetic powers. What does that spell? In the bushes not far away, Cyclops, Jean, and Nightcrawler listen. They are in concealment, dressed in costume. I can't hear a thing. Kurt, can you get closer without being spotted? Senator Kelly listens while a Fed debriefs a wounded soldier. Their conversation captured on video by another investigator. And then he just floated away with the missile like he was guiding it. Above them, Nightcrawler bamps onto a branch and listens. And then? That's when the train tipped over. Dozens of men crushed. Kurt is too busy listening to notice his branches cracking. Suddenly, he's toppling onto the agent next to Kelly. The hell? Kurt rises, nose to nose with Kelly. Both scream in surprise. Bam! Kurt's gone. Cut to TV image. A repeat from what we just saw. Kurt and Kelly screaming at each other. Kurt turns toward the camera, which pushes in for a fuzzy close-up and freezes as a blood-curdling snarl added later, makes him into a monster. Senator Kelly appears in a smaller corner frame. America, you call this human? Kelly speaks with a Tucker Carlson type on Fox News. Senator, some crybabies in the liberal media claim you're using this incident to gain public support for your registration act. The footage wasn't leaked through my office. Sure, buddy. Now pull the other one. But I will tell you this. These things are more of a threat than we thought. Interior. Mansion. Night. The team, Wolverine, Jean, Scott, Kurt, and Peter, watches the show in tense silence. Kurt bears the stricken eyes of a battered child. Scott, see what's on the other channels. Hookzain! Kurt himself is surprised by the burst of anger. I'm, I'm trying to watch. 
TV image. Kelly points at the monstrous image of Nightcrawler. Take this creature, for example. Do you feel good knowing it's loose in your neighborhood? In your children's schoolyards? Some people are now saying that they carry all kinds of diseases. Don't listen to them, Kurt. Kurt? Cut to exterior mansion night. High in the trees, something scurries through the branches like a huge squirrel. It's Kurt. He leaps from one tree to another and hangs by his tail upside down from a low branch. He folds into a ball and weeps. He is surprised by the snapping of a striking match. Wolverine lights a cigarette, taking a long pull. Came here to be alone. Me too. Then I will leave. I would hate to force you into the company of... <laughs> what did you call me? An elf? Exterior, woods, same time. Kurt reappears. He hunkers by the edge of a stream. A cigarette splashes into the water, hissing. You're going on to follow me all night. Just till I run out of smokes. Wolverine steps into view. You can't let those assholes get under your skin. They put me on television, called me a freak. Do you think you're a freak? Back in Germany, I was in a traveling show. People came from miles around to see me do tricks, to toss peanuts to me, like an animal. Why'd you put up with it? That was the only life I knew. When I was little, they sold me to the show. Who? I don't know. The X-Men are my first real family. I never had a family. I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. You measure a man by what he's got inside. It's honor, Kurt. It's the soul. And yours ain't bad. For an elf. Cut. Interior. Scott's room. Night. Scott sits pensively at his desk. Jean knocks, then enters. Still no sign of Kurt. And now Wolverine's gone, too. What the hell's happening to this team? She rubs the back of his neck. You're pushing yourself too hard. The professor's put all of his faith in me. I can't fail him. She moves down to his shoulders, massaging his back forcefully. It's more than a little friendly. You're putting too much weight on your shoulders. You know you can share it, right? She kisses the back of his neck, gently. He turns to her. Mm, you're right. He goes to the door. Where are you going? To talk to the professor. Night, Jean. He leaves. Jean sighs explosively. Cut back to the woods. Wolverine flicks away his cigarette. It's getting late. I'll see you back inside. How about taking me with you? You can do that, can't you? I've, uh, I've never tried. Wolverine offers his hand. No time like the present. Nightcrawler isn't sure about this, 
He tentatively take Wolverine, takes Wolverine's hand and concentrates. Bam! They're gone, reappearing instantly, instantaneously mere yards away. Double door, Nightcrawler dry heaves. Wolverine's in agony. Uh, my gosh! <laughs> I think I'm dying. Tell you what, you port back. I'll just lie here and suffer. Cut to interior. Professor's office, Cerebro console, night. Professor X works at his computer. Scott enters. I thought you'd be with Jean. We were just conferring. Conferring? Come on, Professor. You know I can't afford to have any distractions. You can't let being a leader stop you from being human. The professor interfaces with Cerebro. When was the last time you slept? It doesn't make sense. With Magneto's enormous power, Cerebro should have no trouble spotting him. Could he be underground? Seems logical. It would be harder to trace him there. Pensive silence. What did you see, Professor? Hey dark future neither of us will live to suffer where mutants are hunted and humanities enslaved magneto sentinels machines programmed to protect humanity from mutants they're designed so well they take over what about jean does she survive savior concentrates on cerebro we have to stop magneto before he triggers this calamity Cut to interior, 18th century drawing room, night. Standing beside daughter Wanda, Magneto raises a glass of wine. A toast to our new allies, to the Brotherhood of Mutants. His toasting companions are a freakish bunch of miscreants. The ones who aren't outwardly deformed are quietly menacing. Their ranks include... The Blob, whom we saw earlier as Fred J. Dukes, a walking, invulnerable pile of flab. Avalanche, a balding, heavily bearded guy. As his name implies, he can cause small earthquakes and other geological disturbances. Mystique, a shapeshifter, she can change her appearance at will. She now appears as a beautiful blonde. Pyro, he manipulates living flame. Blob drains his glass and belches, wiping his chin grotesquely. He pours more into Mystique's glass, filling it to the brim. What do you say? You and me get together later, sweet cheeks. <clears throat> Why not right now? As they lean in for a wet, sloppy kiss, her features flow like putty into a fat female parody of him. He recoils. Avalanche takes out a cigar. Pyro turns to him the very model of English politeness. I'm sorry, my friend, but would you kindly refrain from not smoking? Terribly sorry, old chap, but you can kindly kiss my ass. Avalanche flicks his bick. A mere gesture from Pyro and the flame erupts into a fiery lion. Its swipe set him with incendiary claws. Avalanche drops the lighter and the lion dissipates. Magneto smiles at Wanda. The perfect Wanda. 
Absolutely perfect. Cut to interior mansion night. Scott goes by Jean's door. He wants to knock, but can't bring himself to. Instead, he continues on. Exterior mansion, same time. A window silently slides open as a dark figure descends into the darkness below. Exterior road, minutes later. Wolverine's jeep speeds down the road. Cut to exterior darkened alley night in full costume wolverine takes on a street gang it's his claws versus their knives and guns not to mention their numbers wolverine's face is a blur of motion but we can't see but we can see he's happier than hell he's having almost as much fun as we are watching him cut to exterior the same later Sirens blaring, police cruisers speed onto the scene. They arrive to discover the gang members are hogtied with bags of drugs everywhere. The cops look around, not knowing what to make of this. Behind them, a stream of blood trails to the bottom of a fire escape. At the top, a silhouette watches, then melts into the shadows. Cut to Interior Wolverine Wolverine's room, morning. Wolverine's face is a map of bruises. Among his many wounds, a huge gash runs across his abdomen. He stitches it closed with a needle thread. Someone knocks. Soapin. Jean enters. You joining us for breakfast? What happened? Walking by, Scott sees the wounds in bloody uniform. Some scumbags were moving meth. Or fentanyl. I didn't ask. You picked a fight with drug traffickers? You got your danger room. I got mine. Wonderful. You're going to be out of commission for weeks. Don't bet on that. I heal pretty quick. What if you broke an arm or a leg? Never happened. Doctors replaced my bones with adamantium. They're unbreakable. Like my claws. Gene picks up his shredded costume. Oh, look. I spent weeks working on this. Wolverine continues sewing his stomach. I'll patch it up when I'm done with me. Cut to interior hallway minutes later. Scott pushes the professor toward Wolverine's room. And God knows how many he hurt. The way you're telling it, it was a fair fight. His claws are artificial. Doesn't that mean he isn't a mutant? Cerebro says he is. Either way, he's useless. They go in and find interior Wolverine's room. Wolverine is undoing his stitches. His face is clear of any bruises. The huge gash across his stomach is now a hairline scar. The bleeding on his arms has now not only stopped, all remnants of injury are gone. Something wrong? That's impossible. A few seconds ago... Jean enters with a first aid kit. She sees Wolverine's condition and freezes. Right before their eyes, his abdominal scar fades into a memory. I don't believe it. You move objects by thinking about it. Psych shoots laser beams out of his eyes. Chuck crawls around in people's minds. I heal fast. And that's unbelievable. That's your mutant power. Among other things. Okay, fine. I look stupid. 
But if you go AWOL again, you're out. This isn't Winnipeg. We have rules here. Sure, kid. Whatever you say. He goes into his bathroom and starts the shower. My God, look at this place. The room is elegantly decorated in traditional Japanese motif. Chrysanthemums blossom in an antique vase beside a ceremonial samurai sword cradled on a stand. A tiny bonsai sits on a table beside a pair of delicate shears. There's more to him than meets the eyes. Wolverine calls out over the sound of his shower. That's pretty easy when you're my size, sugar lips. Kurt! Cut to TV image. On an inside Washington-style debate panel show, right-wing extremist Senator David Cockrum argues with the Rand Corporation's Dr. Jonathan Byrne. This strain must be wiped out, like any virus, before the gene pool turns into a cesspool. Absolutely not. The mutant gene should be studied to see if we can replicate the effects. Think of the military applications. We could genetically engineer a unique fighting force. And what happens when our unique fighting force rises up against us? Interior. Magneto's surveillance center. Magneto and his band watch the show. Blob is surrounded by a mountain of food, shoving fistfuls of jello and Doritos into his mouth. The others watch the screen. Humanity's solution for us. Slavery or extermination. What can we do? Magneto hits a switch, and inside Washington is replaced by an image of Senator Kelly. This Kelly is the leading voice against us. <clears throat> Let's grease him. We're not murderers. Indeed. Why lower ourselves to the level of barbarians? This is funnier than hell to Blob. He laughs until he chokes. Note, Mystique is still a beautiful blonde. We're holding back her true form. What are we supposed to do? Sit back and watch? Blob's right. He needs to go. No, we just need to show him his place on the food chain. Cut to interior, Capitol Hill. Senator Kelly addresses Congress. And I must reiterate... The mutant threat is an issue that must not be clouded by misleading arguments about civil rights. This is about human survival. TV image. Members of both parties, I implore you, for the sake of our children, remember my words tonight when you vote on my bill in two days. Mutants must be registered and controlled. Interior. Mansion. Night. X-Men watch Kelly's congressional address. Professor, with your mental powers, couldn't you simply... You want me to prove him right. But isn't it justifiable if... Never. The professor is right. Mind control is a line we cannot cross. ECU, Kelly on the TV screen. Still, we should keep an eye on him. Got that right. We have to make sure he doesn't come to any harm. Wait, what? Should anything happen to him, every mutant would pay. Become a martyr. 
Cut to interior, 18th century drawing room. Night. ECU. Magneto. I need you for a special mission. Sorry. Might it involve a certain senator? Magneto smiles. So this is more than a mere show of force. My daughter cannot know we were behind it. I've already lost her mother. I couldn't bear to lose her too. She's naive and believes people like him can be reasoned with. Then I'll reason with him in my own way. I like your way. You this find me attractive? Extremely. She shimmers, shifting into a beautiful brunette. And now, mine hair? She becomes Asian and winks at him. Or perhaps your taste is a little different. She changes into a man. Let me see you as you really are. She transforms, but from this angle we can't see into what. Magneto reacts, deeply surprised, then smiles broadly. Magnificent. Cut to interior Washington restaurant night. Kelly sits at a table doing the Washington schmooze thing. The Capitol is clearly visible through the window beside him. Peter and Storm sit at a nearby table. They're painfully conspicuous. He's so huge, and she's got that striking white hair. What are we supposed to be looking for? I'm not certain. The professor just said anything out of the ordinary. Aside from us? This actually gets a smile from her. I'm not the right person to be doing this. I'm not smart like the rest of you. Of course you are. Professor just recruited me because of my strength. You must give yourself more credit. Your greatest power lies right here. She points at his heart. Cut to interior mansion night. Nightcrawler sits alone at a table, playing chess. He moves a white bishop, then teleports to the opposite side to move a black rook. Watching, Wolverine just shakes his head. Should have nailed the bishop. He'll have you made it in three moves. Nightcrawler crinkles his brow and teleports to the other seat. Gene and Scott come downstairs wearing bathing suits. I don't care. You still need a code name. How about Poltergeist? Poltergeist? You move objects with an invisible force, don't you? What do you think a poltergeist is? I'm not answering to that. How about my other girl? Not helping, Kurt. Join us for a swim? Eyes glued to the board, Nightcrawler shakes his head. Wolverine? I'm gonna rack. Charlie's been running us pretty hard. He heads upstairs. Scott and Jean share suspicious looks. Nightcrawler moves the bishop. Checkmate. Cut to exterior college campus. Night. A pretty student toting a backpack leaves the library. She walks down a dimly lit path back to the dorms. Wolverine's silhouette follows in the shadows. As he tracks her, something tracks him, silently leaping from one tree to another like an enormous squirrel presume it's Nightcrawler. The student crosses a courtyard. She hears a footstep behind her and picks up the pace. Spooked, she runs smack into a huge attacker, 
He brutally throws her to the ground. She tries to cry out, but he covers her mouth. That's it. Fight me. She shuts her eyes amid streaming tears. As he smiles, something emerges from the meadows behind him. In an instant, he's shoved against a tree, Wolverine's forearm jammed against his windpipe. Tell me why. Stuck-up college bitches. No, tell me why I should let you live. He presses his fist against the base of the rapist's jaw. A hand yanks Wolverine's arm exactly as his claws snicked open, narrowly sparing the rapist's life. It's Cyclops holding Wolverine at bay. Let go! Jesus Christ, he was going to kill me! The cops are coming. They'll take care of it. I'll take care of it for good. The cops should take him. He's crazy. We're not killers, Wolverine. He is. He's a lunatic. One more word and I'm letting him have you. Rapey shuts right the hell up. Wolverine eyes him like a Doberman waiting to pounce. Retract them, Wolverine. Beat. Wolverine holds his stare on the rapist. Now. Snapped. Wolverine's claws snap back into his arm. He trains his stare on Cyclops. This ain't over. Gene comforts the traumatized student. Are you hurt? The student stares at Nightcrawler, who hangs upside down from a tree by his tail. She's more scared of him than of her attacker. Don't be scared. He's one of us. What is it? From his stricken expression, he has clearly heard her. Gene? She motions, and a tangle of ivy suddenly springs to life, binding the attacker to the tree. Let's book before the police arrive. Wolverine and Nightcrawler head away. Next time you track somebody, try staying downwind. You know? Cut to interior, Magneto's drawing room, night. Magneto stands before a holographic model of Washington, D.C., outlining his plan with his cohorts. Then we'll rendezvous here. What happens if you don't make it? What could possibly stop me? How should I know? The last thing I want to do is take on the army single-handed. You won't be. Together, you'll be invincible. Blob isn't satisfied. And what if these... X-Men show up. They work for Kelly. Take them down any way you can. Wanda takes Magneto aside. I'm more powerful than any of them. Why can't I go too? I need you here. Wanda is clearly concerned. Don't worry, Wanda. No one will get hurt. He shares a secret smile with Mystique. Cut to interior mansion night. Wolverine heads up to his room. Gene approaches. Don't bother. I just got it from Scott. Got what? The whole, who needs Magneto when we got you speech. No, I want to thank you. I wanted to thank you. A long, painful beat. This is hard for her. When I was young, before I had my powers, I... I wish someone like you had been there. 
She kisses him on the cheek. Jean doesn't see Scott enter the hall, but Wolverine does, and so he kisses her on the lips. Stung, Scott darts away. Exactly as he leaves, Jean pulls free. No, I didn't mean it like that. Sorry, my mistake. Flustered, she rushes away. He watches her, smiling slyly. Interior, Scott's room. Scott stares at the ceiling in open agony. He barks orders to himself like a drill sergeant. No, you do not care. You do not care about her. You do not care about them. You do not care. Cut to interior danger room. Flamethrowers and jets of steam add to the confusion as Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and Jean run through the program. Professor X monitors them from his station high above. Take care of the flames before the battle drones. The flames are the more immediate danger. Wolverine dodges a robot's blow. Its fist goes right past his head and pounds a huge dent into the steel wall. He pops his claws and shreds the robot. Sparks fly everywhere. Wolverine, I specifically said to focus on the flamethrowers. And I specifically told you, stay out of my head. Regroup with the others. I'm warning you for the last time. Adapt to our methods, Wolverine. Wolverine snaps, his eyes burning with an animal fury. He leaps onto a robot back, springing at the control booth window. Interior control booth. Glass shatters in all directions. Stay out of my goddamn head! Cut back to the danger room. Pinned by flames, Cyclops barks orders to the others. Nightcrawler, get up there, now! Cut back to the control booth. Nightcrawler teleports in and grabs Wolverine, which only makes him matter. He shoves Kurt away and goes for Xavier. Xavier straightens, focusing his powers on Wolverine's mind. Wolverine sobers, momentarily pacified. Then he shakes it off, thoroughly enraged. You don't listen, asshole. Jane's TK force pins him to a wall as Cyclops runs to Xavier. You all right, Professor? Yes. Crawling around in our heads? You're worse than Magneto. Well, Professor. <sighs> You're right, Scott. There really isn't any choice. Why are you talking about me like I'm not even here? Xavier trains his mind on Wolverine, who instantly stops struggling. His eyes glaze over and his body sags. What are you doing? Stay out of my goddamn head. Jean lets him sink to the floor. Cut to exterior mansion day. Scott and Nightcrawler load Wolverine's gear into his jeep. That's the last of it. Jean leads Wolverine, who looks like he just got a lobotomy, and helps him into the jeep. Thank you. Very much. The professor watches him drive away. What will he remember? Everything. Off their looks. Everything except us. Cut to exterior road day. Wolverine drives, smiling absently. Then he shakes his head violently. Shakes it again. He closes his eyes, reopening them just in time to avoid a head-on with an 18-wheeler. The jeep swerves into a ditch. 
Wolverine fights for control of his mind. He becomes enraged, boiling into a naked fury. Then he calms. Pacified, he pulls back onto the road and continues on his way. Cut to exterior, the Capitol, day. Senator Kelly walks up the Capitol steps as Peter and Storm watch from a safe distance. Suddenly, seven-year-old Jimmy runs past, pursued by a bunch of kids. Shouting and laughing, they are clearly playing. He turns and raises his hands as if firing energy at them. Take that, humans! Some of the kids fall over, dead. The others run for their lives. Jimmy chases them. You better run. I'll kill you all. I'm a mutant. Storm is dumbstruck. They are only children. By the time they grow up... They will hate us, as they learned when they were only children. Peter's watch bleeps. Cerebro is going crazy. We had better contact the professor. Sitting on a park bench far away, a really fat guy watches them from behind a newspaper. He lowers it, revealing himself to be, surprise, the blob. He smiles at the old woman sitting beside him. She speaks into a calm link. Magneto, they haven't spotted us, but they know we're here. Well done. Cut to interior mansion computer center day. Xavier mans his Cerebro terminal as Scott pursue, peruses a tactical map of the U.S. Washington, D.C. blinks red. And then my tracker went right off the scale. Scott hits a button, and the screen fills with a detailed street map, aglow with seven blinking red cursors. I've got it on screen. Cerebro's picking up seven. Ororo, Maisel, who are the other five? You and Storm stay put until the rest of us get there. Understood. Cyclops, are you ready? Do we have a choice? Cut to exterior, interior, Blackbird, day. The Blackbird rockets south, Nightcrawler and Scott at the helm. Jean walks through the main cabin. She opens a storage compartment to discover... Wolverine is polishing off a beer. He tosses her the empty can. You recycle? Scott, we've got a situation here. Scott enters. Seeing Wolverine, he sighs explosively. I know what you're thinking, but you have to let me stay. Why? So you can show me how it's done. Fair enough. He fires an optic beam, glancing off Wolverine's skull. It jolts him, knocking him cold. That's how it's done. Cut to the same minutes later. Wolverine is gagged and zip-tied to his seat. Scott adds duct tape for good measure. There's no way Wolverine can possibly get out. It's a wonder he can breathe. He struggles insanely, glaring murderously at Scott. Isn't this a little much? No. This is! He sticks a mask hooked up to a tank of anesthetics to Wolverine's face. Wolverine struggles not to breathe, then must. One lung full, and he's out. Jean opens her mouth to protest. I don't want to hear it. We've got bigger problems ahead. Cut to Interior Capitol Hill 
Senate Chamber Day. Senator Kelly addresses all session, Colossus and Storm in the balcony. Today's historic vote will determine the future of our great nation, our allies around the globe, and indeed the survival of our entire species. Interior, hallway, same time. Two guards lie unconscious. A pair of hands presses against a marble wall. It rumbles. Back in the Senate chamber, the wall collapses, revealing Avalanche, Blob, and Pyro. A guard approaches, drawing his service revolver. Freeze! Blow me. The guard fires his gun repeatedly, to no effect. Blob grabs him, pulling him into a fleshy hug that buries his head into pure flab, rendering him unconscious. Storm and Peter approach the Brotherhood. Let us see how you do against other mutants. Peter shimmers, changing into the metallic Colossus. Pyro grabs him in a huge flaming fist. Let's see your melting temperature. Colossus begins to glow red as Storm puts out the fire with an impromptu indoor shower. Bystanders scatter. Secret Service agents hustle Senator Kelly from the confusion. This way, Senator. I knew it was only a matter of time. Storm kicks up a windstorm that blinds Blob in a hail of paper. Son of a bitch! I can't see! Avalanche! Keep them off balance! Avalanche touches the floor, making the room rumble. If we fight in here, innocent people will be hurt. What should we do? Invite them outside? There! Taking her cue, Colossus smashes a hole in the wall. They're running! Hardly. She summons a gale that blows the Brotherhood outside, where exterior, the capital, day. Cyclops, Nightcrawler, and Jean approach. Stay together! Don't let them split us up! Storm and Colossus join the other three, and the X-Men stand united against Avalanche, Blob, and Pyro. Avalanche shakes the team off their feet with a huge trembling. Storm, take the advantage. Storm rises into the sky, chased by one of Pyro's living fire serpents. What advantage is that? Blob tosses a limousine at the others. Gene deflects it, and he lumbers toward them. Which one of you pussies is man enough to take me on? Cyclops fires his beam to no effect. Gene pelts Blob with rubble and debris, which harmlessly bounce off his flabby hide. Nice try, sugar little. She angrily fills his mouth with asphalt. Enough with the sugar lips already. Enraged, he advances toward her as Cyclops steps between him, firing his force beam at full blast. Monitor image. Blob grabs Cyclops, viewed in high resolution. Interior, drawing room, night. Magneto watches Cyclops struggle on a bank of monitors. Wanda, you must see this. Wanda? Magneto thumbs an intercom button. Interior, Magneto's futuristic complex. Various shots. Magneto's voice echoes down a series of futuristic corridors. Wanda, please report to the drawing room. Wanda. Cut back to the drawing room. Magneto sees something on his screen that sinks his heart. Monitor image. Dressed in her simple red costume, Wanda enters the fray, 
She gestures at a fire hydrant exploding a geyser that knocks storm from the sky. Wonder why? Cut to exterior, Washington Street. Jean TK showers Wanda with debris until Avalanche sets off a tembler that knocks Jean off her feet. Running into view with Colossus, Cyclops singles out Avalanche. Colossus, take him down! Avalanche shakes the ground beneath Colossus. Good luck with that. As Colossus struggles closer, Blob jumps him. Okay, Tin Man. Let's see what you got. Colossus throws several punches, which sink harmlessly into Blob's back. Blob wails him in the face. Soldiers arrive in force, escalating the chaos. Tanks pull up, two grunts load a bazooka. Who's the good guy? When you got mutants, there are no good guys. He fires, blasting Colossus across the courtyard. Another blast hits Blob, who isn't even phased. If that's the best you can do... Why don't you take a couple more shots? They do. Nothing. A soldier brandishes a flamethrower at Pyro. You lot certainly picked the wrong target. He turns the flame into a swarm of fire serpents, which slither through the air toward a group of soldiers. They scatter, but not fast enough. Sorry, I can't let that happen. Storm manifests an instant blizzard, snuffing out the flames. Here's another one! Open fire! Storm soars out of range as they fire at her. A company brandishing M16s converges on Jean and Cyclops. Wait! We're on your side! They take aim, then freeze for an unnervingly long beat. Their eyes glaze over. Cut to. Interior. Mansion. Same time. Watching the battle in his mind, Xavier focuses his psi powers on the soldiers. He whispers eerily. Strangest damn thing. Spot inspection. Shut up and get to work. Top will be here. Cut back to the battle. The soldiers dismantle their M16s. Strangest damn thing. Spot inspection at this time. Shut up and get to work. Top will be here in two minutes. Cyclops and Jean stare at each other. What are you waiting for, X-Men? Find the senator. On it, Professor. They start running, only to have bricks pulling themselves free from buildings, flying at them from all directions. What the hell? He and Jean ward off the bricks. Wanda gestures, increasing the attack. Why are you attacking my father? You're the ones attacking. Liar! Cyclops's visor lens explodes, ruby quartz spraying everywhere. His beam goes haywire, firing randomly. It, obliterate a it obliterates a tank as soldiers run for cover. Retreat! Yeah, run for cover! Hell? Screw this, I'm short! The beam chases Jean, who darts out of range just in time. Cyclops covers his eyes, stifling his beam. Jean! Find the senator! I'm useless! Got that right. Someone slaps a new visor into Cyclops's hand. He dons it, discovering... Told you to carry a spare. Wolverine is suddenly engulfed in a giant flaming fist. He falls, burning to the ground. Cyclops fires a beam at Pyro, then runs to the smoldering Wolverine. 
Wolverine, are you okay? Do I look okay? Focus. Exterior, Lincoln Memorial. Blob ducks as Colossus throws a punch into a marble column, pulverizing it. Nice shot, Boris. Marble rains down lightly from above. Sweet Jesus! But boom, they both disappear under falling rubble. Exterior, Mall, Washington Monument. Avalanche focuses his powers on the Washington Monument. One national phallic symbol coming down! Fissures form as the entire building quakes. Sections fall away as Gene and Scott watch in horror. The top half tips, falling right toward a group of onkers. Gene! On it! Gene TK shoves the victims out of the way an instant before it crashes down. Nice! Suddenly, the ground shakes as Avalanche focuses his powers on the ground around them. Cyclops can't aim his beam. Nightcrawler teleports onto Avalanche's shoulders, clubbing him over the head. Knocked, my friends. Thanks, Nightcrawler. Now, see if you can find Kelly. Das Arschloch? Find me. Now, Kurt. Nightcrawler disappears. Then the ground rumbles as exterior Lincoln Memorial. Colossus rises from the rubble, shaken, reverting to human Peter. He staggers away just as Blob rises, amused. Where are you going, son? Freddy's not done with you yet. Peter sags by the Lincoln Memorial's reflecting pool, winded and gasping for breath. He's had enough. Come on, comrade. One more round. Blob charges at Peter, who changes back into Colossus and flips him into the water. Storm! Now! Storm swoops into view. With a wave of her hand, the pool is instantly frozen. Now, encased up to his neck in solid ice, Blob isn't going anywhere. Good thinking, Peter. Pyro manifests a flaming cobra, which hisses at Jean. How about a little fire, Scarecrow? Just as the snake is about to strike, we hear a familiar snick. Then Pyro's fire fizzles out. Bloody hell. He turns around. Gasoline streams out from six punctures in his tanks, forming a pool all around him. Nearby, still smoldering and covered with burns, Wolverine takes a drag from a cigarette. If I were you, I'd start running. He flicks the cigarette into the gasoline. Pyro screams and runs like a son of a bitch as the flames follow him like a lit fuse. Oh god, 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 oh god! He's too panicked to control the flames as they catch up to him. His tanks explode. Wolverine happily exhales a cloud of cigarette smoke. Cut to exterior, Capitol Hill, same time. A Secret Service agent rushes Senator Kelly toward a heliport. Hurry, Senator, you're the target here. Are you sure? Positive. He shimmers, transforming into Nightcrawler. Willkommen in der Halle. Brandishing a dagger, he lunges at Kelly. A second Nightcrawler teleports onto the heliport and tackles the assassin. Another one? What are you doing? What are you hitting for? Run! The two Nightcrawlers wrestle, using their incredible agility. One Nightcrawler gets a particularly good punch into the other's face, knocking him to the ground. 
the stunned Nightcrawler shimmers and changes into Mystique, seen for the first time in her true form. She is clearly a female version of Nightcrawler. My God, you look like me. You don't recognize your own sister? Raven, I thought you were killed. No sorts of the carnival. Who do you think sold you, you stupid freak? She draws another dagger from her boot and goes after Kelly. You of all people should be helping me kill him. Kelly runs. For God's sake, somebody help! Mystique corners him. Nightcrawler teleports behind Kelly, clutching him. I am sorry, Senator. This may hurt. Auf Wiedersehen. Exterior, rooftop, same time. Nightcrawler and Kelly reappear. Nightcrawler gags and doubles over in pain. Kelly dry heaves. What did you do to me? Oh, God, I just saved your life. Kelly backs away from him, backing to the edge of the building where the battle rages below. Get away from me, you monster! Nightcrawler points at the battle raging below. We monsters are risking our lives for you! You! Suddenly, the entire building quakes. Cut. Back to the battle, same time. Avalanche is using a Templar to fear free blob from the frozen reflecting pool. We're busting our asses out here. Where the hell is Magneto? Cut to interior, mansion, same time. Xavier uses his psi powers to observe the fight. All around him, the Cerebro monitors and alarms are going crazy. What the hell? The ceiling explodes, showering him with wood and plaster as Magneto hovers over him. Hello, Charles. Xavier wheels away. A storm of magnetically manipulated metal swarms around him. It's no use running. Xavier wheels, but he's going backward. His chair is inches off the ground. Xavier focuses on Magneto, reaching out with his mind. Magnetic powers. Failing you. Adorable. A static burst zaps Xavier. As he loses consciousness, he lets out a psychic cry. Scott! Cut back to Washington. Cyclops grabs his head and doubles over. Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, and Colossus gather around him as Jean savagely grabs Wanda. What did you do to him? Nothing, I swear. This whole thing, it's a diversion. We've got to help the professor. Armed soldiers form a perimeter around them. Stand down. Kurt, fire up the Blackbird. We're getting out of here. Nightcrawler teleports. You think they're just going to let us leave? Surrender immediately. We need a diversion. That's you, Storm. Whip up something big. I won't be able to control it. This ain't the time to get squeamish. I will not repeat myself. On your knees. Now, girl. With a flash lightning and a thunderous explosion, she blasts Wolverine off her, setting off an instantaneous hurricane. Swirling clouds circle the sky as, wa as Washington as all of nature rages out of control. The tempest howls like a symphony of madness and anarchy. Over the blasting winds, turbines roar. 
The Blackbird hovers above them, lowering to the ground. The X-Men rush inside, Cyclops leading Wanda. Punch it, Crawler! The Blackbird streaks away from the soldiers' ground fire. Cut to, interior, Blackbird, day. The X-Men grab hold as the Blackbird rockets into the sky. When the G-Force finally settles, Storm grabs Wolverine by the throat with one hand, hoisting him off the ground and pinning him against the bulkhead. Kindly refrain from calling me girl. Jean and Scott pull her off him. There'll be time for that later. Wait, what about my people? The army can have them. You're even worse than my father said. Really? Then why didn't we leave you behind? Cyclops leaves her to figure this out. Interior, cockpit. Cyclops joins Nightcrawler at the helm. Get us back to the mansion. Stat! Now in a fresh uniform, Wolverine joins them. They'll follow us straight home. What do you suggest? Head out to sea, then circle back under there. There isn't time! Make time! If they follow us... The Blackbird rocks violently. What was that? I don't know. My controls are going crazy. Gene and Colossus join the others in the cockpit as the jet is, jet is jolted again. It's being dragged straight up. My God, we're being pulled right out of the atmosphere. By what? By whom? I think we know that already. The sky darkens into a black starscape. This thing's spaceworthy? Nope. Nice knowing you, psych. Shouldn't the windows have blown out by now? Magneto's protecting us somehow. We are being pulled towards that asteroid. Nine, that's no asteroid. It's a space station. Not the time, Kurt. Nine, look! Growing larger in front of them is a large asteroid with a base built into its structure. It's a hybrid of rock and high technology. Cyclops turns to Wanda. What is that thing? My father calls it Asteroid M. We're scouring the globe, and he was up here the whole time. Seven. We're scouring the globe, and he was up here the whole time? Devin. Devin. I think he's frozen. Yeah, yeah he is frozen. Oh, I thought okay. he was just deep in thought. Yeah, that's what I absorbing everything. Do you want to try to get him back on or send oh, someone fill in? I'll probably try to get him back on. Yeah, let's get him. Yeah. You know, just two seconds. He wants to Intermission. <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves a snack. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> the horrifying thing is he's going to beat himself up about this so much yeah. oh yeah he's going to be so bad I know to the lawless regions of uh, Winnipeg yes. <laughs> yes. maybe we'll fly to Winnipeg but not here <laughs> yes the most terrifying place in Canada Winnipeg that's so good anybody who's been there can attest it yep <laughs> God. Did he message us at all? About this. My phone died, so um. <laughs> uh, it says internet died. 
Oh, oh no! Oh no! Uh, oh, can you come back? What page are we on? Uh, uh, 84. 84. 84. 84. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Uh. Okay. Is he able is to he... come on his phone? I just I just asked him. But... What's the line we're looking at here? Well, we're just waiting for Davin to come back. But he said his internet's down, isn't it? Yeah, let's yeah, give him a sec to make sure he's not coming back. Maybe he's just going to reboot it or something. Eamon's ready to take the Wolverine claws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the gender study. Someone joined. He's back. He's back. All right. Okay. Yay. Okay, this leader is returned. Sorry about that. My internet died. That's okay. It froze when you were like looking down, so it really looked like you were just like totally in thought and not like it. For a minute, we're all like, wait, is he <laughs> just uh, pensive or is he coming back? Well, so we are derailing the, next line. the live okay, stream there, we'll fellas. Okay, my internet's been choppy the whole time, though. 84? At the bottom of age yeah. 84, so. We're scouring the globe, and he was up here the whole time. What's our play? Cyclops <laughs> shakes his head thoroughly at a loss. At least got something in our favor. Something he wants. Ignore him. You're a guest, not a prisoner. Will Magneto show us the same courtesy? Exterior, asteroid M. The Blackbird is dragged through a magnetic shield into a hangar. Cut to, interior, asteroid M, hangar. It settles softly on its landing gear. The hatch opens and the X-Men emerge ready for battle. Magneto peers down at them from an observation platform. Hello, Wanda. I trust you haven't been mistreated. No, Father. Now you can release our ship. With a gesture, Magneto raises the blackbird, floating it toward the magnetic seal. On it. Colossus grabs the forward landing gear, pulling with all of his might and is dragged along with the jet. Peter! No! No! Let go! Let go! Hang on! <laughs> Too late. He and the ship are in space, shrinking to a dot in the distance. Magneto closes his hand into a fist. The blackbird erupts in eerie silence. We hear nothing of the blast until shockwaves and debris hit asteroid M. Colossus careens through the doorway. His steel body charred. As they run to him, his unconscious body reverts to human form. Lieber God, is he... Alive, but in bad shape. He's lucky to be alive at all. That's more than I can say for this son of a bitch. He pops his claws. Magneto surrounds himself and Wanda within magnetic spheres. A rush of air hisses from the vents. Hey, Psyche! What was that stuff you knocked me out with before? Why? Nightcrawler crumples with, uh, to the ground, unconscious. Then Jean and Storm. Then Cyclops. Just asking. Cut to the same later. Cyclops awakens. He and the X-Men are locked inside futuristic prison chairs. Magneto and Wanda loom over him. Good morning, Mr. Summers. Cyclops struggles to speak, but can only gurgle like a newborn. Sorry, the neural inhibitors in your chairs cut off your higher functions. 
from the neck down. For all intents and purposes, they're only eight months old. No powers, and unfortunately, no speech. Good. I've heard enough of their lies. Magneto tests the restraints on Cyclops's chair. They should hold them while I prepare their cryo chambers. Wolverine growls murderously. Down, boy. After a hundred-year nap, you awaken to a whole new world. In the meantime, Nanny will see to your every need. Nanny, a weirdly feminine robot, wheels into the room. Her synthetic voice is as sickening as marshmallows soaked in honey. Think Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music, only chirpier. Good morning, children. We're going to have oh so much fun together. Wipe to interior drawing room. Xavier lies on a gurney wearing a neural dampening headband. He looks around pathetically, unable to focus his eyes, his thoughts, his mind. It's no use, Charles. The inhibitor matches the effort you use against it. Xavier rolls his eyes, struggling to speak. I know these one-sided conversations are such a bore, but I can't trust you enough to set you free. Wanda stands nearby. This is my daughter, Wanda. Your students were kind enough to bring her back to me. At the mention of his team, Xavier's eyes widen. Yes, they're here too. Don't worry, they're in very good hands. Cut to interior, hangar. Nanny brushes Jean's hair. Both the brushing and the sickening sweet singing have her in great pain. And if that mockingbird don't sing, Mama's gonna buy you a diamond ring. Cut to Nanny tying red ribbons into Nightcrawler's hair. And if that diamond ring don't shine, Mama's gonna buy you a... Don't we look pretty? Cut to Nanny spraying Cyclops' visor with Windex. There, clean as a whistle. Cut to Nanny spoon-feeding Wolverine. He lets it run down his chin, murder in his eyes. Now, is that how we behave? Where's Nanny's good boy? Cut. Back to Magneto's drawing room. Standing over Xavier, staring into his brandy snifter, Magneto waxes poetic. Charles, you and I face a complex moral dilemma. Mutant kind is but a tiny portion of the world's population. Is it ethically just for us to impose our will on such a vast majority? Conversely, should a genetically superior minority allow itself to be subordinated by its inferiors? He swirls the brandy in his stif snifter and takes a sip. We, the stronger, the better, have a moral imperative not only to survive, but to thrive. So you see, this really isn't a conundrum at all. It's a simple equation with a simple solution. A simple final solution. Cut to interior hangar. Nanny fluffs up Storm's hair and wheels out of the room. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. No sooner is she gone than Storm breaks into a nodding fit like a horse straining against its reins. Everyone stares at her helplessly. Her nodding grows more and more violent. Wolverine stares at Cyclops with a hateful look that says, This is your fault. Finally, Storm's headdress comes loose, dangling by strands of hair. 
The back is lined with an intricate network of pins. She pulls one free with her teeth and tongue. She looks over at Cyclops and winks. Cut. Back to Magneto's drawing room. Magneto stands over Xavier. We must eliminate the human threat before they march us into gas chambers. He leans in close. You've seen it, haven't you? It's inevitable, unless we strike first. Cut. Back to the hangar deck. Storm manipulates the lock with her hairpin. The pin catches on something and springs into the air. It bounces onto the metallic deck with a faint ping. The door immediately hisses open. Nanny wheels in, trundling over to Storm. My gracious, what have you done to yourself? She refastens Storm's headpiece. There, all better. Nanny wheels out. Storm's eyes well with tears. Cut to interior drawing room. Magneto continues. Homo superior is truly the next step in evolution. And since this process has been accelerated by radiation, it stands to reason that irradiating the gene pool will hasten this process exponentially. The monitors surrounding them suddenly fill with images of the stolen missiles. Strategically aimed, these will set off a global firestorm. And from that cleansing fire, a new race will rise. Children of the atom, and we will be ready to shepherd them. The world. And... Inhabitable. For the first 200 years or so, yes. That's why your students, you and I, are all going into cryosleep. We'll awaken into a reborn world. What happens to everyone down there? The strong will evolve. Jenna, sigh. Whose fault is that? I begged you to help me mount a bloodless revolution. Billions of people. We'll be replaced by their betters. Isn't that a noble sacrifice? I... Guess so, Father. It, it does make sense. She kisses his cheek and leaves. Magneto watches adoringly. There, Charles. Now why can't you be convinced so easily? Cut to interior. Hangar. Wanda hurries to Cyclops and presses buttons on his prison chair's control panel. You've got to stop him. He's going to blow up the world. <laughs> Zap. Wanda falls to the deck, unconscious. Magneto shakes his head with paternal disappointment. Cut to the same later. Magneto fishes, finishes locking Wanda into her own prison chair. He kisses her on the forehead. You're going to thank me for this. He leaves, and Storm breaks into another nodding fit. I Cut see the interior control center. Magneto finishes the launching sequence. I see thy glory like a shooting star. Exterior, asteroid M, space. The three missiles blast free from their silos. Fall to the base earth from the firmament. They rocket toward Earth. Shakespeare. One of us, I'm sure. Cut. Back to the control center. Magneto proudly watches his missiles. An alarm sounds, chasing the smile from his face. A readout angrily blares, hangar deck. Magneto switches between cameras on his monitor. Camera number one, blackness. Camera number two, blackness. Camera number three, static. Nanny, report immediately. Nanny. Interior, hangar. The door whispers open. 
Now wearing his helmet, Magneto steps inside onto the darkened observation platform. Mama's gonna, Mama, you, Mama, 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 Mama. On the lower deck, Nanny wobbles in and out of small pools of light. What the bloody? A steel fist smashes him square in the jaw. The lights come on. Colossus stands over Magneto. The other X-Men stand poised on the deck below. Your reign of terror ends now, Tsar Magnus. Colossus goes in for another blow, but, Magnus is, but Magneto is fully shielded now. Bad move, my metallic friend. He repels Colossus, clanging into a wall, leaving a huge indentation. You're too late, X-Men. Magneto motions, throwing a switch. Gas hisses from the vents. Wanda gestures. The vents slam shut. Thanks, Wanda. Gene motions at the platform. It collapses beneath Magneto, crashing to the deck below. This is the guy you've been pissing your pants over? Wolverine is on him in an instant, swiping against Magneto's field. Nightcrawler teleports onto Magneto's shoulders, pulling off his helmet and bashing him over the head with it. Heavy is the head that is crowned in Ishtvar. Momentarily distracted, Magneto lets his field drop. You can't win. The warheads are... Wolverine slices into the thick hide of Magneto's body armor. Magneto reaches up at Nightcrawler, zapping him with a huge static charge that sends him flying across the room. Gutenicht, Herr Wagner. He focuses his power on Wolverine, ignoring Scott's beam, which harmlessly glances off his restored magnetic field. Wolverine's claws turn toward his face, threatening to gouge his eyes. Not just your claws, your entire skeleton is metal. He sends Wolverine bouncing off bulkheads, the deck, the ceiling. If you're looking for a violent death, you've certainly found it. He projects Wolverine toward the open magnetic space door. Let's see how well you heal from explosive decompression. Wolverine's face fills with something we haven't seen before. Naked, unbridled fear. He digs his claws into the metal floor, scraping his way to a so slow stop, inches from the airlock. Storm, do something! With what? There's no weather for me to control. Colossus is back on Magneto, pounding at the field with all his might. That's right, Colossus! Don't let up! Col Cyclops fixes his optic ray into a fine beam, further wearing Magneto down. Wanda is clearly afraid, her emotions clearly mixed. Don't hurt him, please. Hurt him. Magneto blasts Cyclops and Jean. Father, no! Wanda lashes out, aiming her hex powers at Magneto, blasting him across the room. He throws a field around her and trapping her. Stay out of this. Wolverine tugs at the floor. He still can't free his claws. Hey, Red, a little help? Jean's preoccupied. She uses telekinesis to rip wires and pipeline free from the walls. They wrap around Magneto. Stupid, stupid children. One charge and they explode off him, showering shrapnel at Jean. Jean! 
Cyclops lets loose a barrage of optic blasts. Magneto whips him across the room with a huge cable. Wolverine strains to free his claws, muttering angrily. We're jerking ourselves off here. We can't beat this guy. Wolverine finally yanks his claws free. Great, Wolverine! Hit him! Wolverine sheaths his claws and disappears down a corridor. Wolverine! Interior. Corridor. Wolverine runs through the futuristic complex. He stops in his tracks, seeing something that makes him smile. A row of escape pods. Cut. Back to the hangar. Magneto hovers high in the air, surrounded by X-Men, more annoyed than threatened. I've given you enough time to surrender. He magnetically forces Wanda against a wall, securing her with cables. I'll deal with you later. He groups the X-Men into a sphere. I offered you the world. He forces them toward the space portal. Maybe you'll be happier in space. Jean and Cyclops lock eyes. He mouths, I love you. She smiles at him through tears and mouths it back. The portal into space and death looms larger and larger. Power surge. A huge psychic shriek. Magneto grabs his head and screams, then plummets to the deck. Wolverine stands in the entrance holding Professor Xavier, who trains his psi power on Magneto. Magneto struggles. Xavier focuses. Magneto's out. Checkmate. Inches from the space door, the X-Men are safe. Free. Good work, Wolverine. It's a little early to celebrate. Cut to exterior, space. Three missiles streak toward Earth. Interior, command center. The X-Men watch the monitor. On a tactical display, three blips circle around a computer-generated globe. One toward Moscow. One toward Washington, D.C. One toward Beijing. How long do we have? Hell should I know. Wolverine punches keys on a keyboard. Fingers shouldn't move so fast, but Wolverine's under the gun. Can you do it? Not if you keep asking me questions. The icons close in on their targets. Exterior, space. The missiles enter the atmosphere glowing red. Cut back to command center. A monitor flashes a prompt. Targets sighted. Warheads entering atmosphere. Wolverine! I know, I know! Exterior. Missiles. Targets. The missiles rocket eastward, earthward. Below them, oceans give way to landscapes, give way to cities. Cut back to command center. Wolverine finishes punching commands. Anybody want to lead us in prayer? Back to the missiles. They close in on the capital, the Kremlin... Tiananmen Square, and suddenly veer off course, skyward. Back to command center. On the tactical display, the three icons blink away from their targets, away from the globe, back into space. The team cheers. Jean hugs Wolverine. The three blips converge into a single large dot. Wolverine, you did it! The single dot once again becomes three distinct blips, they blip louder, an alarm sounds, monitor screens blink. Proximity alert, incoming missiles. Vorin, what did you do? We got three minutes, tops. You sent them this way? Are you out of your mind? Cut to interior, corridor. 
Wolverine leads them down the hallway, Colossus carrying Professor Xavier amid insanely blaring alarms. Cut to. Interior. Hangar. A shaky Magneto rises to his feet, rises into the air. His helmet floats from the floor and glides into his hands. Interior. Corridor. The X-Men hurry down the hallway. Magneto's voice echoes through the shipwide system. Xavier, this is far from over. Back to hangar. Magneto floats through the open door, disappearing into space. Back to corridor. Still following Wolverine, the X-Men round another corner. Where are we going? Wolverine doesn't answer. Doesn't need to. They are at the escape pods. A, B, and C. They're tiny. You've got to be kidding. Wanda climbs into one. They're automated. Peter loads the professor inside and, reverting to his smaller human form, joins them. Gene, Scott, and Nightcrawler squeeze into another one. Nightcrawler squeeze into another one. Wolverine climbs into the last one. Wolverine climbs into the last one. A frightened storm backs away. A frightened storm backs away. Yeah, we got time for this. Yeah, we got time for this. He yanks her inside. Yanks her Over inside. her fearful Over cry, her fearful the pawn blasts. Blast. Cut to exterior, space, asteroid M. The missiles hit asteroid M. In the icy silence of space, it blossoms into a white sphere. Shock waves pummel the pods. Interior, escape pod. Wolverine cradles storm like a small child, soothing. Shh. Close your eyes, Aurora. Picture the sky. She hugs him tighter. Exterior. Pods. They enter the atmosphere, glowing red, then white. Interior. Pod. Storm clutches Wolverine desperately. His embrace is calming. Exterior. Ocean. Day. Floating down by parachute, a pod splashes into the ocean. Then another. Far in the distance. The third. The closest one's hatched. Storm bursts into the sky, circling and swooping like a bird. Exterior. Another pod. The hatch is already off. Xavier comforts a tearful Wanda. He really isn't evil. He, he didn't mean to. I know. We were friends once. A long time ago. Where will I go now? You can have a home. With us. Exterior. The hatch opens. Gene and Scott rise from inside. We're alive. Can you believe it? Gene, up there I said, I said some things I'm not sure I... Too late, sugar lips. She kisses him. They embrace. Nightcrawler pops up between them. My god, do we have any drama, man? Far above them, storm arcs higher, higher. Dissolve to interior, Savior's Mansion, day. TV images. The six o'clock news is full of the battle between the Brotherhood and the X-Men, taken by handheld cameras. A shaky camera captures Storm saving a group of soldiers from Pyro's flame lion. Eyewitnesses report a group of heroic mutants foiling an attack by a band of mutant terrorists. TV image. The Capitol heliport. From the battle, shaky handheld shots of Nightcrawler fending off the dagger-wielding mystique. 
The apparent target was Senator Kelly, who was saved by one of the good mutants. Nightcrawler bounces in front of the TV and bows. I'll be signing autographs after the show. A spent beer can beans him in the head. Move it, L. TV image, Capitol Hill. The Senate floor buzzes with activity. Ironically, Kelly's own mutant registration bill went under a vote today and was soundly defeated, with Kelly himself voting against it. Cut to the anchorman. Still ahead, more on last night's spectacular extraterrestrial light show, with scientists confirm was a solar flare. Interior. Interior. Mansion. Living room. Mansion. Day. Day. The assembled team the watches assembled the news, team relaxing the... after its major victory. We're safe. For now, maybe. What about Magneto? He's the least of our problems. He wasn't the one who almost nuked us. That your way of saying thanks? You broke rank, disobeyed orders, left us in the heat of battle. And saved all our asses. Who was it found Charlie? Eh? You destroyed the station. Who knows what we could have gained up there? What who would have gained? China? Russia? The CIA? Al-Qaeda? It was too dangerous to leave around. You're out, says you. That's right. As field commander, it's my prerogative. Wolverine takes a step towards Scott. This has been a long time coming. Colossus shimmers into his armored form. Xavier raises his arm, stopping him. Tell me why. Are you kidding? You're a loose cannon. No, tell me why I should let you live. He pops his claws. Scott doesn't even flinch. They lock eyes. Pure hate. After a long, scary beat, Wolverine retracts his claws. You're not worth it. Report to the hangar at 2200 hours. We'll drop you wherever you want to go. Fine. He turns, walks past the others, and heads up the stairs. Cut to interior mansion night a lone wolverine carries his gear down the dark hallway he stops by a door and knocks kurt no answer after a long painful beat he shoulders his duffel and heads down the stairs interior hangar night wolverine enters the darkened hangar the shadows are alive who's there he pops his claws and hits a light switch. Everybody's there. Welcome to the X-Men. Hope you survived the experience. This a joke? A test. We had to make sure you can control your anger. If I failed, you wouldn't be here. I know. You're braver than I thought. And a better leader, too. Thanks, Wolverine. They shake hands. Logan. Cut to interior. Pentagon. Night. Three men in dark suits march down a corridor. Interior. Briefing room. Night. The suits enter. One of them is Senator Kelly. The other two are Secret Service. 
Seated at a large conference table are several scientific advisors, high-ranking military personnel, and at the center, billionaire industrialist Sebastian Shaw, a rugged sixth. He rises to greet Kelly. Evening, Senator. I'm Sebastian Shaw of Shaw Industries. I know who you are. Don't bite my head off. I didn't vote against your bill, although it seems you did. Supporting it would have been political suicide. And now we have to share the world with these creatures. They try to kill me. They try to kill me. My boys in R&D have come up with a solution to your problem. What kind of solution? The answer to all your prayers. A ghostly hologram, half wireframe, half completed, towers over them. It's a robot. We've seen it like before, ruling the world. It's called a sentinel. Fade to black. Well, well, all right. Very good, everybody. Good, everybody. Catch you next time. Catch you next time. Indeed.